everybody. Welcome back to the Decal Download Podcast, your source for the latest news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. With Commissioner Amy Jacobs, I'm Reg Griffin. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week. You can always find us at decal.ga.gov or on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and more. Well, it's a year of major milestones here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. Quality Rated celebrates a decade of stars, now marking 10 years as Georgia's Quality Rating and Improvement System. And this school year, Georgia's Pre-K program celebrates 30 years of high-quality early childhood education for the state's four- and five-year-olds. But sandwiched in between all of that is the 18th birthday of our agency as a whole. You know, prior to 2004, the idea of a state department strictly for children under the age of five was unheard of. And yet it happened officially on October 1st, 2004, with bright from the start, Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. And Commissioner, this week we celebrate with one of the people who helped make all of that happen. Yeah, and it's so nice to go back and reflect uh, with some of the governors, uh, Governor Purdue's policy folks that actually did make it happen when uh, none of us were around. I was at the governor's office of planning and budget when it happened, but I was so low on the totem pole, I had no idea what was happening. But (laughs) um, now I actually get to uh, reap the rewards of all their hard work from 18 years ago, because it definitely makes a difference to have an organization like DECAL. Well, it certainly does. And uh, joining us to talk about DECAL's 18th birthday is Ben Scafferty, a former education policy advisor to Governor Sonny Perdue. Today, Ben is a professor of economics and director of the Education Economics Center at Kennesaw State University, beautiful campus uh, just up 75 in Cobb County. Ben, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, Thanks for having me, Reg. Well, this is really a lot of fun to kind of reminisce and think about. And uh, we're going to, as some folks say, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit today. You know, uh, if you're a a listener of our podcast, that we are a state agency. You know that we're committed to children, uh, birth to five, some a little older than that with after school care, maybe uh, up to 12 years old. Um, But this is an unusual place to be. And so today we're going to Tell you a little bit about how it all started. So 18 years later, Georgia is still one of only three or four states with an agency like DECAL. Ben, why did Governor Purdue choose a state agency dedicated to children birth to five over other options that he might have had? I had to go back and look at the calendar. January 3rd, 2003, I flew back with my wife and our new daughter we had just adopted from China. Mm. And Monday, January 6th, I'm in the Georgia Pacific building in downtown Atlanta as my first day as education advisor to Governor-elect Purdue, and the transition office was in the Georgia Pacific building. And I was meeting with um, Celeste Osborne, who had worked for the Office of School Readiness and had other top jobs in state government, Uh, Joy Hawkins, who had been head of the Senate Research Office. She's now head of the governor's office of student achievement. All right. And then my direct boss was Trey Childress as, as policy director. And he was all of about 27 years old. <laughs> so I, I don't I, think he was that old. He was an intern at OPB. <laughs> yes. And then went to go work for Purdue's campaign. <laughs> and, and then he was policy director yes. right from the start. Wow. And he was brilliant. He was. Um, Celeste and Joy are brilliant, but Celeste and Joy had tons of experience. And so 
They and I was just a professor, you know, on loan to, to Purdue's office. And I thought I was just going to be there one year. Um, and so I'm meeting with them, and they said Governor Purdue wants to start a children's agency for for children age zero to four, and, and combine all the functions of state government there. And the Office of School Readiness is going to be kind of the, the, the crowning jewel of, of that agency. And they said, what do you think about that? And I said, that makes all the sense in the world from a standpoint of focus. Um, you want to have, you, you don't want to have agencies that do 67 million different things. And agencies always want to do that in the private sector, in the public sector. They always want to expand, expand, expand. I want this. I want this. And I got to meet Governor Purdue, I guess, late November after he was elected. And I could tell right away, you know, he had run a bunch of small businesses that he was a, what I call a parable, the talents kind of guy. <laughs> I never heard him use those words directly, but the office of school readiness had been run well. And so he was like, well, let's give them more to do. Um, and so that's what it was. It was a focus thing. Well, take us back to the preliminary work that happened prior to 2004, you know, 2003, when you were tasked with writing the bill to create the department. How did you decide on the scope of DECAL, the programs to combine and transfer the age range, uh, the focus, as you said in your first answer? Sure. Um, it, it made sense to take, you know, we had, we had all these programs, you know, Head Start Collaboration Office, Babies can't wait, you know, regulation of childcare centers, pre-kindergarten. It made sense to put them all together. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, you had childcare centers in Georgia that had a pre-K that were regulated by the Office of School Readiness. Those same owners might've had other facilities two miles away that didn't have a pre-K that were regulated by the Department of Human Resources. That made no sense. Another reason this made sense, uh, uh, you know, putting this agency together made sense was that um, No Child Left Behind had become law. And this really started under Governor Barnes when he was governor. And I actually worked for him on the side as well for a couple of years. But they were putting in accountability and content standards in K through 12. And so it made sense to align everything we were doing with zero to four with getting kids ready for school and having what we're doing with zero to four aligned with what we're doing in K grades K through 12. And so that made sense. Um, and also we were in budget cutting mode. Um, we were cutting, you know, a Amy, uh, Commissioner Jacobs uh, underplayed her role back then. She was a very talented budget analyst. And I was very impressed with the budget analysts at that time. Uh, throughout uh, the Office of Planning and Budget, inclu including Commissioner Jacobs. And we were looking to save money. And so we thought if we have one set of regulators instead of two, I think we saved about $2 million by doing yeah. this. So that wasn't a big thing. But the last thing that was important was the Department of Human Resources was just too big. And a lot of the functions, they just weren't doing well. And so Governor Purdue, again, he thought if, 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 we're going to do something. It's worth doing it well. And so he wanted to break up Department of Human Resources. And this was kind of the first foray into that. It really does make a lot of sense when you kind of 
uh, they always say hindsight is 2020 and we definitely have that now and see how that kind of makes sense and we continue to build on that um, even after the start of the department on our podcast uh, marking the 15th anniversary of decal we talked with former governor purdue now the chancellor of the university system of georgia about his recollections of creating the new agency well it's pretty simple you know georgia was one of the first in the nation to have a paid for voluntary pre-k program under the benefits of the hope scholarship as uh, uh, created by governor zell miller in georgia it had gone on very well but it was evident that we needed more structure to optimize the real value we were getting from our early care and learning environment in georgia i'm very happy that we did that and i'm happy that it's been 15 great years of early care and learning in georgia and i think our students that are now enjoying the university hope scholarship as a result of that early care and learning i think many students are in the universities and colleges today because of that great start they got in the early years and what were your hopes for the agency in 2004 and have you been able to follow its progress and growth over the past 15 years i think our hopes for the agency then have been fulfilled with those students who have gone all the way through this early care and learning into elementary, middle school, high school, and now into the colleges and universities as well. I think the great start they got under our early care and learning program and the voluntary pre-K program and others uh, set them on a stage for success academically and socially going forward. Uh, so my goals then have been fulfilled and I'm really happy to have been part of that. I'm happy to have had the uh, uh, pre-K uh, program funded by our uh, lottery money. It's been put to great use, and I think we've got students that are graduating today as a result of that that have been real beneficiaries. Senate Bill 456 was signed by Governor Purdue on June 12, 2004. The governor appointed Marsha Moore from the Office of School Readiness as our first commissioner on July 1st of 2004. And with around 300 employees, the agency is launched on October 1st of 2004. Here's Marsha Moore with some memories. The highlight of my professional career was the creation of this department, the first of its kind that focused specifically on our youngest children and their families. During my time at School Readiness, I had the opportunity of serving on many national task forces and worked closely with highly respected researchers and leaders throughout our country in early care and education. It didn't take me very long to realize that in Georgia, as in most parts of our country, we had somewhat of a fragmented early care and education system. It was getting great results on our pre-K children, but resources were very limited for our youngest children. I brought what I had learned back to school readiness, and along with some very smart and highly motivated staff, providers, educators, and other private and state leaders, developed a framework for a new state agency that would speak loudly to the need of quality care and educational opportunities for all of our children, starting at birth. The governor and legislators embraced this idea that just made good common sense and thus the development of Bright from the Start. Working alongside such motivated staff and early care and education providers was such a blessing to me and those of us had put so many years in the early care and education field from the bottom and saw it build up into a shining star actually in our country. Since I've left the department, I've witnessed its growth and emphasis on high quality care and education. 
It's grown tremendously in size, bringing the money and other resources in one place so that the state can leverage its resources to create better educational and child care for our children. I congratulate the leaders after me that have held high standards for this agency, and I wish it many more years of growth and success so that Georgia's children will continue to thrive. What an honor it has been for me to be a part of this. Well, now, Ben, I do have a question for you. Was there a lot of hand-holding from the governor's office, and what was that like as you got the agency up and running? Um. I, I wouldn't say there was a lot of hand-holding because there was so much talent at the Office of School Readiness. And, and Marsha Moore was the acting head of the Office of School Readiness at that time. And we didn't appoint a, a permanent head because we knew we were going to do this children's agency, um, which became DECAL. And Marsha did something very smart. She had the governor's staff and the governor's budget staff meet many of her executives in the Office of School Readiness and I, she knew she had a talented crew and some of them are still there <laughs> um, uh, and they're, they're still great. And so we had a lot of confidence in them. And so there was not a lot of handholding. Uh, it was actually, we got a lot of great pointers from them actually. Um, uh, it was just, it, it was obvious that they were a talented group. This is one question that uh, I'm curious about. How do you research something like this? When the governor gave you, um, we'll call it the opportunity to do something like that. How do you begin to research? Because there's so few of them around the country. Well, back then there was zero. Wow. So there was nothing to research from that standpoint. And, you know, in, 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 um, in business and in the public sector, you know, the buzzwords change. And so like when I was in college in the late 80s, one of the buzzwords was management. Can you manage? And then it became like leadership and whatever. I think what Governor Purdue really honed in on the management aspect of this. And it was, here we have this Office of School Readiness with a group of super talented people. And, and the agency was regarded, you know, you know the Office of School Readiness was regarded as running well. And then we had these sprawling bureaucracy over here during resources that had a lot of, of challenges and so he said, let's take some of our talents and move them over to Office of School Readiness and make it an agency. And so I guess we we fell back on, on the principles of management. Mm -hmm. A couple of big moments on the timeline uh, for DECAL as CCDF policy and funding uh, was transferred to DECAL in 2012, along with CAPS funding and administrative functions. Uh, later on, CAPS eligibility moved here in 2017. Our uh, staff uh, numbers grew from, I think we said 300 before to around 700 now and uh, continuing to grow. So um, it's very impressive to see what's happened in these, these 18 years. Yeah. And, and interestingly, we debated in 2003, 2004 about moving CCDF funding back then. Mm -hmm. And because it does make sense to put it there, but Governor Purdue said, well, well we're giving this new agency more things to do and, and more more authority. Let's see how they do, and if they if they continue to do a great job, then we'll move the CCDF funds later. And yeah. I thought that was a very prudent decision at that time, you know, because it, again, like you said earlier, Reg, this is all new. Yeah, and you know, 
being in this position <laughs> in 2017, when we made that really large transition and OPB, when we did the transition in 2012, it was really smart to wait to do that. Um, there's there's no way we could, DECAL could have been as successful if we had to take on the enormity of CCDF all at the same time we were bringing on, you know, folks from all different agencies. And, you know, I get a lot of calls from a lot of different states that want to do the same thing that Georgia did back in 2004. And they asked me, you know, what's some of your takeaways, you know, and what I say is you don't have to do it all at once. Mm. Um, it's a heavy lift for many different reasons, administratively, bringing a lot of folks on board. But the culture is a really big part of that when you're merging lots of different agencies that at that point had different, really different missions. You think about DHR and you think about, you know, the office of school readiness. And so um, that was really smart thinking of Governor Purdue and, and Ben. I'm sure you were part of that to, to not do that all at once. And I that's what I everybody wants to do all at once and just get it over with. Right. Um, but it was really smart to do that gradually. Um, it, it definitely makes us more successful to have done it that way. So kudos to you guys for thinking um, that far ahead. Mm -hmm. So um, Ben, do you believe that DECAL's organizational or governor structure is still the best approach? I do. Um, it, it makes great sense to put functions uh, that, that are trying to help children get ready to be successful in, in kindergarten and beyond and in life, put them together. And Gov Governor Purdue had a lot of management phrases he would say. And one of them was, we want all the oars rowing in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And I think putting all these zero to four, uh, age four functions together led to all the oars rowing in the same direction. Um, I'll give you just one example of when I knew this was successful. It was actually really early on. Um, Marsha Moore was telling us, you know, one benefit of this is we could create content standards for, for early childhood education and early child development for age zero to four and, and infuse them into our, not only our pre-K programs, but into our child care centers. And so the agency you know, started October 2004. And then I was leaving the governor's office in, in summer 2005. And shortly before I left, Marcia came to my office at the state capitol and she put this big thick binder in my hand. And it was the first draft of all of those zero to four content standards. And I was flipping through it and I saw that they were aligned with the new kindergarten standards Georgia had done. So I, I was like, this is awesome. Yes. You know. The Georgia Early Learning and Development Standards still exist yep. today and are updated on a regular basis. Yes. <laughs> I still have that binder in my office. You do? <laughs> I think I've got one of those too from my predecessor uh, here. Um, and, and they're being used and they're posted on our website. Yep. And we get feedback from families all the time that um, say that they're, they're great indicators. Now we have the milestones, which is something a little bit different, uh, developmental milestones uh, formed by the CDC. And we've got a team working with that as well that lets you know the developmental milestones of your child. Uh, but with GELDs, uh, you pretty much know where you're, what your child is learning uh, at various levels as well. So yeah, that was very much ahead of its time. So Ben, what benefits to consolidation did you observe and what has become more efficient and, and were you expecting or have you seen improved outcomes for child care providers, the ECE workforce and families overall? The child care providers definitely were, were on board with, we want to have one set of regulations, not two. Hmm. Second, um, 
Georgia had back in the early 2000s, um, their curriculum in grades K through 12 was one of the worst in the nation. And so Superintendent Kathy Cox also got elected in 2002 to be the state school superintendent. And she said, we're gonna have good content standards. And those came out right around 2005. And she was giving draft you know, standards to, to decals so that when you created your standards, they would be aligned. And her standards were rated among the best in the nation. <laughs> um, and so having one set of regulations for childcare centers, having age zero to four child development and early childhood education standards aligned to our great new K through 12 education standards were big benefits. Again, we saved a couple million bucks a year. Um, and I just think, again, all the oars were rowing in the same direction. And I think that benefited things. And Marsha used to, used to say, creating an agency was a respect thing. It, it told, you know, teachers and, and others working in, in childcare centers and working in pre-K programs that this is important, that, that the state thinks that, that you matter, what you do is important, and we want to help you be successful. That's a good point. I don't think I've I've ever heard uh, you or Marcia or any of the folks we've talked to over the years. So that I wrote that down because you're right. That does bring a level of respect to the industry, which um, is so needed. Conti- it continues to be needed. Uh, and you've already answered this a little bit, but just just to make sure we get everything that you know, Ben, since we're recording this and we'll have it forever. It's not just my handwritten notes on conversations I've had with you in the past. How do you think this impacted the experience of childcare providers, the workforce, families, other state agencies, our federal partners? I don't know if you had any discussion, you know, with our federal partners when you were going through this um, consolidation. Maybe not because CCDF hadn't moved at that point. But anything else you want to add on the impact of the experience of these folks? Um, Well, what was interesting was, you know, I started helping Governor Barnes out on the side in the late 90s. And so I was around education policymaking in Georgia for several years before this. And at that time, in the late 90s, the Department of Education wanted to take over pre-K. They wanted it to be everything moved there. And so when we created this new you know, early childhood agency, it, it was a big sea change. And, but I think the K-12 people were very happy with the change, even though they, they had initially wanted you know, control over pre-K. But I think they were happy because your agency worked hand in glove with them. And, and again, the decal people, you know, again, the, the former office of school readiness people, they were such a talented group. And so again, if something's working well, let's give them a little more responsibility and see if they continue to do well. And I, I just, again, the parable of the talents, um, mm. you know, management style, it worked in this case. Yeah. And here we are today, still working hand in hand with our friends at DOE on a regular basis and um, really working also with uh, on the other side of things with TCSG, the University System of Georgia. It's really a pipeline. And I think that's what's made Georgia more successful when it comes to education across the board uh, for anyone uh, looking to move here or raising children here uh, now. Um, So. Were there any barriers? We've been talking about how it just sounds like everything kind of fit together. You had the right people. The timing sounds right. The, the, you definitely had the political will uh, behind you. Were there barriers to making this happen? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the Department of Human Resources did not want to give up uh, uh, child care licensing and some other functions that we were transferring to this new decal office. And uh, we had hours long meetings day after day after day after day deciding about which functions would and which budget line items would transfer from DHR to DECAL. And I remember after I spent the first few days in these meetings, three, four, five hour meetings straight, I said, I can't do this. I, I have a job. You know, I'm education advisor to the governor. And, and like I was saying, there's this very talented group of, of budget analysts in the governor's office of planning and budget. So I sent as many of them over there as I could because it was kind of the off season for them. They weren't doing the budget right then. And I said, you guys need to bird dog this for me. And they all had my cell phone number. And so they kept calling me. They would step out and call me and I would say, yes, no, yes, no. You know, so I could get some work done. But that was one big barrier. The other was there was a lot of skepticism in the legislature. Mm -hmm. Again, because like you were saying earlier, this was so new. And I remember when we had the, the name, this one legislator, I won't say who it is because she's still in, in office. She said, this is the department of yakety, 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 you know? And so I just calmly, you know, because I was always the one presenting the bill line by line to the, to the different committees, the House and Senate committees. And so I just calmly repeated the name, you know, um, but there was skepticism. But I think a lot of that was DHR was feeding it to their legislative friends. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of barriers. It was not obvious this was going to happen and in the you, legislature. And then even after when they were fighting to transfer the funds. Yeah. Right. Re regarding the name, I've always wondered, um, it was not just straightforward Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. You had um, a phrase before and it was bright from the start. How did that come together? That was Governor Purdue. Um, he he knew this was a good idea. I, you guys asked me in a previous conversation a long time ago, where did this idea originate? And I, I don't know the answer. It was some combination of Governor Purdue, Mrs. Purdue, and Trey Childress, who was, you know, 27 or 25 years old, <laughs> soaking wet. You know, um, it was the three of them came up with this idea. And I, I don't know who fully deserves the credit, but Governor Purdue, he wanted it to have a cool name. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted bright from the start, but in terms of the respect thing, a lot of uh, the state officials wanted the word department in there. Right. And so we combined the two bright from the start, the department of early care and learning. Um, and, and so that, that's where that came from. Interesting. Yeah. Well, now at 18 years old, uh, what would you personally like to see for decal in the future? You know, at, at the, at the beginning, you know, K-12 was just coming out with these new content standards that, that took Georgia from near the, the worst content standards in the country to near the best content standards in the country. I'd like to see DECAL lead. There's been a lot of uh, new research on like the science of reading and things. I'd like to see DECAL have kids come through their childcare centers, come through the pre-K program and be such good readers that it forces K-12 to up their game mm. and, and, and say, hey, we need to raise our standards in kindergarten because our these four-year-olds coming to us, at, you know, when they're five, they're so well prepared for school. I think 
again, I know several people that still work at DECAL that were there 18 years ago. <laughs> it's a talented group starting at the commissioner, but on down. And I think that's valuable. And I, I think I'd, I'd like to see more leadership. You know, there's, there's good leadership all along in terms of managing all these functions. And, and like you guys were saying, the agency's expanded, expanded, expanded. But uh, I think leading on the reading might be a, one place to look. Yeah. We probably still have some folks that call it the Department of Yakety Yak, yeah. but uh, <laughs> we're trying to convince them <laughs> every every day uh, as to the importance of who we are. And, you know, I think this is something that you guys have stressed from the very beginning, and that is that we've got these great first five years uh, with all this brain development going on, and it needs a focus. And to your point about um, the legitimacy of, you know, those that work in childcare, I know right off the bat, when I first came to work here, we were doing an infant toddler conference in Augusta, and there were childcare uh, workers uh, that were at that meeting and the commissioner at that time, Bobby Cagle, called them teachers. And uh, I saw the significance of that when several of them came up to us during one of the breaks, tears in their eyes saying, thank you for calling us teachers. And it was like, well, what else would we call you? I mean, that's what you do. And um, they said, well, that really hasn't been recognized. So that's that's something I know I was very proud of early on in my 10 years ago, uh, just joining uh, the agency. Well, Ben, before we wrap up, I want to give you some bragging rights here. You are now, as we mentioned, a professor of economics, director of the Education Economics Center at Kennesaw State University. What an amazing success story that university is. How are things going up there? It is a very impressive university. Um, one thing I like about Kennesaw is we have so many unique majors that are actually great. <laughs> you know, I mean, professional sales, information security, construction management. Most universities don't have majors like this, but students go into those and they get great jobs on the back end. Mm. And, and our students are, are just super nice kids as a group. And they're strivers. A lot of them have hard luck stories. It's just a, it's just a, it's a university on the rise. And I'm really happy to be there. That's great. And, and can uh, you still, you actually, as a professor, obviously you're teaching classes and seeing Absolutely. these young people. I got to teach in about an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, we better get out of your way because we don't want to, you know, we know those students kind of watch the clock and when the professor's late, they've got their own standards for when you leave. <laughs> oh, that's great. Listen, this has been great uh, to just catch up with you and, and to hear your thoughts about this agency and, and what a great way to mark the 18th anniversary. We're, we, we're kind of busy with the 10-year anniversary of Quality Rated and the 30-year birthday of George's Pre-K. So we're not doing as much about the 18th uh, anniversary of the agency, but we do, uh, a lot of our own team listen to this podcast, and we do want to thank you. As Ben said, what a talented group of people. Uh, what a phenomenal place to work. And thank you so much for everything you're doing as we uh, begin our 18th year um, here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. So Ben, thanks for being with us. Thanks for everything you did to make this agency a reality for Georgia and our youngest learners. By the way, if you would like to hear our previous podcast on the history of DECAL, this was the 15th anniversary. Uh, we've got several people that are involved from the very beginning. Just go to season two, episode five. It was posted on October 9th, 2019. 
Ben, thanks again for being with us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Red. Thanks for having me. Now, what are your questions for Commissioner Jacobs? Let's go to the water cooler. Hi, I'm Megan Fickus, and I work in the Quip Division here in Atlanta. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, COVID vaccines for children under five have been available for some time now. Any idea on how they are being received? Well, uh, hey, Megan, and thanks so much uh, for your question. I had to do a little research on that one because I didn't know that off the top of my head. I know there was definitely a lot of waiting and excitement, especially from pediatricians in our Department of Public Health recommending those vaccines for young kids. But it looks like just over 5% of eligible babies and toddlers nationwide have received their first dose at this point, which is a little bit behind uh, the rate for older kids and, and teenagers, according to CDC data. Um, you know, we hear all the time from CDC and our own Department of Public Health and uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics. They, they definitely recommend um, the COVID vaccine for younger kids, but at the same time, it's a personal decision. So um, that's what I know on that one. Thanks, Megan. You know, I guess there was a slow or low, uh, slow to low, um, compliance with that on the part of a lot of people uh, that are adults. So now with children, I, it's, it's a difficult decision to make, I guess, with so much still in question, but probably with things seeming to get better from a COVID standpoint, there's not as much urgency maybe on the part of parents. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cases are going down. We're not hearing about it as much. So you're probably right about that, but I would say definitely talk to your pediatrician and, and make that decision for your family. Yes, that's what as an older person, that's what I do and <laughs> take right. his advice quite well. So, yeah, definitely talk to your pediatrician, find out what they would advise. You've listened to the podcast. Now a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Which birthday does decal celebrate? in 2022 which birthday does decal celebrate in 2022 here's a clue we would be graduating from high school and getting ready for college it's a little bit of help for you there you might win a nice prize from chick-fil-a georgia aquarium the georgia lottery the school box waffle house fun spot america world of coca-cola museum and more. Again, the question, which birthday does DECAL celebrate in 2022? Send us your answer. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers and you could win a prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for listening to the DECAL Download Podcast. The Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning improves outcomes for children and families by strengthening early learning experiences and partnership with early education programs, professionals, stakeholders, families, and communities. Their vision is that every child in Georgia will have equal access to high-quality early care and education. For more information, visit their website at decal.ga.gov. Join the conversation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs. Jacobs.